0: Okay. Good evening. Today is October 19th and Wednesday and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is step two and we're reading We Agnostics and our speaker tonight is Annie B. Thank you, Annie B. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Annie B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, and um, just one of you. We're together. I love seeing your names and seeing your faces, and I love belonging to this group. I never thought I would say that, ever, ever, ever. (laughs) Um, I love the name of this meeting, and um, uh, I hear about this meeting often, that this Choose Your Own Conception meeting is such a great place for people to um, discover their higher power and um, kind of develop or grow in their understanding. Um, so I'm really excited. I, we agnostics is my favorite chapter in the big book. Um, so I'll. Where do I start? I think I'll start by sharing my screen and showing you a picture of my before picture. I grew up in a family with really no no clear faith, no religious upbringing. Um, I depended on myself for a lot of my nurture and support, even at really, really, really young ages. And so um, surprise of all surprises, I found food. I found food to be my answer, my solution to any of my problems. It was if I was happy, if I was sad, if I was angry, if I was alone, if I was anxious, food, food, food. That was always my answer. And so... Here, I'll show you my screen share. I think there it is. This is me about, gosh, so those little guys in the picture, can you guys see it? Liz, can you see it? Can you give me a thumbs up if you can see it? Thank you. Um, so these little guys are now 21 and 19. And so when they were about this age, a little bit before, is when I started to realize that God might have something better for me than what I was doing to myself. Um, and kind of just really early and growing in my God concept and my understanding of my higher power. But this is kind of after I you know, was a, a chubby kid, if you will, um, totally addicted to food by probably the age Four, like just it's just been a part of my life from my earliest memory i'll stop sharing that's just the only one i got ready for you guys um so that is kind of the end result really or the top my top weight of my solution which was when it depended on me food um so at that time in my life like when i when i found myself at about 350 pounds and really struggling to move, struggling to chase that little toddler there, like struggling. Um, I knew kind of that this wasn't the life I wanted to have. And I actually kind of had this inkling that my kids were were worth more energy, were worth more, um, I don't know, presence of mind than a mom that's binging every day, all day. So I started to kind of wonder, like... I, like I said, I didn't grow up with any type of faith concept. Um, I actually believed in ghosts and Santa Claus. Those were my two um, faiths, if you will. Um, so that was my upbringing. And then when I was about eighteen, so probably about ten years before that picture I just showed you, when I was about eighteen, I started to hear about a God that um, that cares, and so I started to learn from some from a religion in, in our area that a lot of us maybe find ourselves in. And I started to learn about God and I got really excited because it sounded like this God was loving and caring where I hadn't had that experience in my life. I, I really had food as a loving and caring thing. And I, I know that that was misused and mistrusted or, or, but it met a need for that young little brain that didn't have anyone that didn't have any love and care. And so food was my nurturer and my mother. Um, but so right around about that time when I thought, okay, there, I guess there's a God that that cares about me or that cares about people. I, I don't think I thought that God cared about me yet. Um, but I thought God cared about people. It seemed like, so that was kind of when I started like my, um, journey was like trying to figure out like what was going on with me and why I was stuck with my one solution, which was food. So um I was about 28 in that picture, I think. And I um so I started to think like I think God has something better for me. And I actually stumbled into an OA room, an OA meeting at 28 in Portland, Oregon. I'm in Portland, Oregon. And I went in and I saw some people talking about the 12 steps of Web Readers Anonymous. And I thought I wasn't as bad off as them which was really not true. Uh, I was, I was the same. I was, I can't say I was worse off. I can't say I was better off. I was the same as all the people in, in the room, but I didn't know that. I thought surely I'll be able to fix myself. Um, surely God, whatever my concept of God, um, would, uh, would not require this plan of me, of being an overeater anonymous, calling myself a compulsive overeater. So I still try to depend on myself and I depended on myself and I I did get some really good therapy, um, but it wasn't the answer. I ended up, I ended up guys, I ended up um, having nutritionists, having eating disorder therapy, having cognitive behavioral therapy, having EMDR, having, I'm just listing all my like psychological approach to this problem that could not it could not touch my problem all the knowledge all the self-knowledge all the awareness of even the why which we don't need to know the why I was a compulsive overeater did not help me so that takes me to chapter four of we agnostics um on page 45 lack of power that was our dilemma we had to find power by which we could live and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously, but where and how were we to find this power? And so I mentioned that I started to learn about a God in a religion. And I think I learned a lot about, about what maybe somebody else taught me about God. Um, and I learned it from, you know, people on a platform or people um, you know, who had studied, had religious training. And if you know me, you know, that then I myself, um, went to seminary and had my own religious training and, and even started working in a religious organization as one of these people that tell people who God is. It still didn't fix my problem because my concept of God, my, the power greater than myself, I believed in the God that could Part the Red Sea, but not take care of my eating problem. Like that's that's where I found myself. So I came to OA, um, met some people, decided they were way worse off than me, and that I could probably fix myself with just a little more elbow grease. <laughs> and uh, and I went back, you know, to therapy, nutritionist, and my own self, will. And it wasn't until I so I worked for a church. And I, I white knuckled myself down quite a few pounds, um, was the idea that that God wants something better for me. Like I was gonna do it for God, if you will. I was like, okay, God wants something better for me, so I think I'll do it for God by, by you know, white knuckling some diets, right? So it wasn't until about a year ago, like I and I'd come and gone out of OA like, oh, I think it was about two or three years ago, I came back in and was like, ah, I think I need some support for my diet. So I came into the rooms, um, looking for support for my diet. Um, but then I had a big job change and, and I big job change in the church. So I work for God. Right. And I'm like, had a huge job upset and I went straight past God and straight to food. And I just started gaining so quick. And my body was in so much pain and I was in suffering so much. And then I met my sponsor. (laughs) It was um, January, actually, that I called her and said, hey, I need to know what you have. I want to know what, you know, she was using the word recovered, which was super inspiring for me because I didn't know if it was possible because I, I had thought I had tried the God route. It gets me into the more into the big book. Because then when I met my sponsor and she started walking me through the steps and I came to this step two, I came to believe in a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. I came to that step two and I thought how my concept of my higher power is not big enough because my, my six-year-old self or whatever you want to say, my little, my little part of my little brain that's so entitled and so freaked out that food is my answer is more powerful than the God I believe in, if that makes sense. That's totally where I was at. And so she she took my sponsor took me to the big book, took me to We Agnostics. And I thought I even thought, you guys, this is how arrogant I am. I even thought I don't need we agnostics. I believe in God. And then as I read this chapter four in the big book, I was blown away at the way that God, the way that my higher power, um, how it just lit up for me. And on page 46, it says, much to our relief, oh, I love this. We discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient. Thank you, was sufficient to make the approach and to affect a contact with him, with God. Um, I loved that, that concept and knowing that I was still stuck in my disease and knowing that I was powerless over food and that my life had become unmanageable. I could take my God concept and really push it, put it on a shelf and put it, put it over here because I needed a higher power than my higher power, if that makes sense. I needed to know that God was bigger than that little freaked out binger that was obsessively going to food to solve my problems. That, that space in my brain and in my psyche really thought that she had the answer and it was more food. I remember specifically even getting into step two and step three with my sponsor. I remember telling my sponsor, I don't know if, if she'll let up that little drive in me that thinks that food is the answer. I was so scared. I was like, can God be more powerful than (laughs) than my other solution for 40 years, right? It's kind of, it feels kind of silly. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of the spirit is broad and roomy and all inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. I just, I love this component of God's compassion. My sponsor says that God has to be kind. He has to care about us and he has to be powerful. And I love that because it's so roomy. Nobody on a stage can tell, needs to, they can tell you about who God is, but you don't need it. We don't need it. And it might even be limiting for how, our concept of God needs to be the higher power that has the power to help me that has the power because lack of power is my dilemma. I love it so much. Okay. So I'm going to, um, go on and talk about on page 49. No, I'm going to go to page 50 right in the middle. On one proposition, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. The power has in each case accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. I knew that my my strategy for living was food, right? Food was the answer. Every day, all day long, five, six, seven times a day, food, food, food. And I, I had a faith in a God and I still went to food. And so I didn't know that there was that the power greater than my, I actually didn't actually have a concept of God that was greater than myself, honestly. Like I still had self as, as God, but what I found in taking steps two and steps three is that God came and did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And it was miraculous and is miraculous and living in it every day is miraculous. So then ch- I want to, turn to page 52. When we saw others solve solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. And so uh, I don't know if I finished my story about this little space in my brain that was like, this, this drive in me to go to food for comfort, for care, for anger, for happiness, for fear, for sadness. I don't know if I can quit her. I don't know if I can quit that because it's such an ingrained thing in my brain. But when I saw others solve their problem by the spirit of the universe, and I got to listen to you all, the, the people who have gone before me in, in understanding their concept of God as, as totally able and totally powerful, my concept of God grew. My concept of God grew in power and I could see my myself and my power structure as limited. And, um, I don't want to be self-deprecating, but, um, I can't think of a better word than like kind of pathetic. (laughs) This idea that I could save myself with more food wasn't working. I was on my way back to that 350 pounds that you saw, and I couldn't walk up and and down my stairs. I was going to have to move or because I have three flights of stairs, I was going to have to move or get a wheelchair or die or whatever, or God was going to have to do for me what I couldn't do for myself. And when I saw others relying upon the spirit of the universe, I put my hand in my sponsor's hand and, and I, and I knew that God was having me humble myself and submit to her and that that was going to teach me how to surrender to God and then watching his power, watching God's power, um, come do the work in my life and in my day-to-day, like functioning really So that the now the answer, instead of going to food, 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 it's God, God, God. The answer every day is God, God, God. Uh, I'll highlight this um, on page 54. Um, We found too that we had been worshipers. What a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring on that's such a funny word. Had we not very variously worshiped people, sentiments, things, money, and ourselves. Totally. I worshiped myself. Um, and then with a better and, and struggle to, and have to surrender that to God every day. Um, had we not worshipfully beheld the sunset or sea or flower? Who of us have not loved something or somebody? And how do these feelings of loves and worships have to do with pure reason? Little or nothing. We saw at last. And it's just really talking about how. If we agnostics, if we have a struggle to believe in God and find that our own conception of God, can we look to those feelings of love or um, worship of creation or, you know, beholding the the sunset or the sea? So it was really, really, really cool. Yeah. So I think I'll just share with you a little bit of how that works in my life today. Um, Living in a recovered state, it is... Sorry, a motorcycle just drove by really loud. It's seeking God every day in a certain pattern that is about working these 12 steps and surrendering, surrendering, surrendering and calling out to God. Um, so recently I was actually at a grocery store. So it's occasional, very occasional that, that a food thought will enter my mind. And this is just a really cool picture of God to me. So I was at a grocery store and, you know, when I'm spiritually fit, it's no big deal. And I go in and get what I need to come out. Um, and I was at a grocery store recently where I had that food thought, or I at least saw in the corner of my eye, something that I normally would have looked at interestingly. And I prayed and I asked God, I said, God, which my sponsor is always like, did you pray? Did you ask God for help with that? Like to remain abstinent. And I prayed and the craziest thing happened. I went to the checkout and I, um, I bought all my groceries that I needed that were all safe and wonderful. And this young girl comes in to the cashier from the outside of the store. She comes in from the outside of the store. And she, um, she said to the cashier, did you see my gum that I dropped? And she was frantic. She was like 17 or so. And she was like, like "Did you yes. see the gum that I dropped? I, I can't find it, and I just bought it like ten minutes ago." And it was so funny to me that she came back into the store, and you know, like young people that don't have a lot of money, or maybe she didn't have a job or whatever. She was really young. and so I had this, and I know it was from God, you guys. It was not from me because I, I don't think I would have uncomfortably said this. I had this. God was like, "Because I'm always looking to serve others now, because if I stop looking to serve others, I will." look to serve myself (laughs) it's just really true and as soon as I turn inward to look at myself I start to feel frantic and I have to go to God and I have to serve others so I said to the little girl I said what kind of gum was it and she goes it was the watermelon one and she was like looking for it still and I said let me get it for you and I grabbed it at the checkout and like the, the cashier like you know, ringed it up and I handed it to her and she goes, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. And she like ran over and gave me a big hug. And I just, it was like exactly from God. It was exactly what I needed, like in that moment. And I just, I left the grocery store and I just cried and was like, God, you and your plan, you and your um, provision, you and your, uh, this recovery life that I have now, I'm so grateful for. You are so much bigger than my little food God that's, that served me, you know, by keeping me self-focused, really, you are so much better. You are so much better because you give me this room of fellows with all these people. You give me a sponsor who holds my hand and you give me all of these tools and all of these steps in sponsoring others that, and then you give me a, a little girl that dropped her gum. I mean, I really seriously felt like that was totally from God for me. Like, it was just like a moment where, you know, I, and she said, you don't have to do this. And she hugs me and I'm like choking back tears. Cause I don't want to make it weird. <laughs> and I said, it seemed like it meant a lot to you. That's what I said to her. And she just was like, you know, so sweet and ran out of the grocery store and I got to walk to the, walk to my car and load up my groceries and thank God for this program of recovery. And that my God is my my concept of God, my concept of higher power is way more powerful than anything I ever thought of ever. So I came to believe in a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. And then taking that from moving from step two to step three was was the best decision I ever made in my whole life. And that was just this year. <laughs> so I don't know if that's 20 minutes, Liz, but that. Is what I have. So thank you so much. Gosh, Annie, thank
0: you so much. Thank you. You just poured your heart into that share. Thank you. Um, Okay, so now we will open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. I'll call the raised hands in order, we've messed that up now, and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for her answer. Okay, let's see.
2: And I see Sherry, you are up. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? It's perfect, um, I'm Sherry. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles. And Annie, I loved your share. I was literally driving home from work and was like, did not want to miss a minute of it. So I had me off screen until I got into the house. And um, so I just really appreciated it. Um, This chapter for me, step two is, is really broken into two words, seek God, not find God, hunt for God. It's just two words. It's second step, two words, seek God. And I loved how your whole talk was about God because I'm really great in the morning when I seek God. I get up, I put my hand on my chest, I do my meditation, I'm like all in. And when I get home after work, I'm like back in the seeking God mode, right? I'm like doing my my 10th and my 11th. And I'm like, all seeking. I'm good, good, good. It's what happens in the middle of the day in life that I forget to seek God. And it's like, it's very subtle. It's like, this person didn't do what I wanted. And I'm like, I need to do a 10th on them. And then this person is like, looked at me the wrong way. And this person answered incorrectly. And then I'm like, I can't do 10th all afternoon. I have meetings back to back, right? Like that's the the conversation that happens. And today I literally was driving to a lunch meeting and I slowed the car down because I was like, seek God, slow down. Just like feel the wheels to the road because that's how basic it is to me. I get so out of my body. And when the minute I'm out of my body, it's not that I automatically want food. It's that I don't want to be in my body. It's like, oh, I should be thinner. I should be this. It's the negative. I didn't have, like how I spoke to my boss. I don't, it's like, it's just this amalgamation of loud voices that is very self-critical, right? And it's just, and it's like the opposite of seeking God. And I really heard, I, for many years in this program, and I'm looking for sponsees, literally made a lot of recovery in this program. But I had God in compartments and I couldn't get God in my whole day. And that's what I'm working on. And that's what I started to find to be recovered in the last year. And it'll be a year, November 1, because it's not just a morning and evening activity, it's an all day activity. So not there. I'm thinking 30 years by the time I die, I've got a full day with God, but maybe longer than 30 years, maybe 40 years. But like, That's just what I needed today. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much, Sherry. Um, Leslie, you're
3: up. Oh, um, good afternoon. Good evening family. Um, and I didn't get to hear all your, um, what you had to say, but I always know that God lets me hear exactly what I need to, to hear. And, um, And he did, and you had me full of tears. Um, And Sherry, what you just shared, wow, just so much what I relate to. Um, Seeking God is how I see it. And my morning, oh my gosh, it's awesome. And by the end of the day, it's awesome. (laughs) And um, I just... My God is, is so good to me. You know, my mom was so upset with herself. And finally, I was able to calm myself because I tend to be very critical still of my inner child. And my mom was so angry with herself over something that wasn't significant. And God allowed me to reach into me, myself, to say, Oh my gosh you didn't do anything so horrible, why are you beating yourself up? I mean, if you didn't do anything intentionally wrong and it's not so bad, be kind and gentle to yourself because I'm so harsh on myself over like the stupidest things and it's like, you know, I pray so much to God and then obviously throughout the day I I let it go and um that's just that's just kind of kind of gist of it is god only wants me to be kind and gentle to myself too so um that's it thank you everyone
0: thank you leslie uh ariana oh arianne
4: yeah. arianne yeah thank you Um, Thank you so much, Annie. um, I'm from Western Massachusetts, a food addict. Um, And I thank you, first of all, because I have a fancy who's really struggling with the whole concept and it was a really good reminder to keep it simple. Someone who is kind and cares about you a lot and can solve basically all your problems or certainly your food problems. Um, So that was a great reminder. Um, Two little things. My my question is when you, the more you do this, is it kind of like, does it, does that, I want God to become like, a, people were saying a reflex in my mind, like I just go there, oh, you can let go of that, turn it over, turn it over, it's okay, you know. Does it, does it get better? Does it happen more and more the more you practice it? Because that's what I'm experiencing. I think of it more often, particularly when I get results, which is almost always. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, that's right, go there, ask again, turn it over. Um, That's one question.
1: Would you say that that's the way it works for you? For me, um, if you're asking me, totally. Sorry, I'm I'm taking my daughter to art. Um, Yes, it, God shows up. Like even in that little story I told, I feel like that happens almost every day. Like where there's like, and then it's like, I can't help but see God um, God's hand, like working on everything, like, and then I have more faith to go to him. Like, you know, our disease builds, like it's progressive. And so is the solution. So is our recovery. But to me, because the recovery comes from our higher power, the power source is God that we see God more. we I, it, That keeps growing in our recovery, which I just love. Thanks for pointing yeah. that out. I love that question.
4: Yeah. And do I have time to ask that a quick one or have I used my time up? Oh, well, I'll, I'll go still ahead. Have you still have okay. one minute. Um This, this is sort of an, another intellectual more question, but we can talk about it later. I can give you a call if it's not if it's not something, like, but it, when I, when you talked about the God of your church that you grew up with for so long and realized you had to kind of change that concept or modify it, do you feel that, that you have a whole new thing, concept, or is that original God becoming more um, fleshed out in 3D? Because that's been my experience. It's like, I was raised Catholic. It's very much in my, you know, saints and praying all day and all that, but now they're becoming like like personhood, like they're, they're getting more real. And I guess it's just individual, whatever anybody experiences. But I was just scared because you spent so much time working in a church.
1: Thank you. I was like, I can't unmute. Um, thank you so much for asking because I, I was willing. So what I didn't share is working at a church and the church culture that taught me my God concept. I that's I had tough. to I had to that's okay. I had to be willing to let that go. Mm. And what I loved is that the big book's so clear on that your your God concept will be inadequate, like everyone's is. And that was just so refreshing too, as like a person um, a clergy person, like it was so refreshing to be like, nobody owns God. Nobody, nobody's God concept is perfect. And so how about I let go of this God that I believed in that didn't have enough power for me and let God, like get, let my God concept grow into like a, a bigger, more powerful God. It was, it was really cool. It was, yeah. it was really shocking. So I was, I was grateful. Thank you. Thanks a
0: lot. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ariane, for those questions, and thank you very much, Annie, for those great answers.
5: Uh, Nancy P., you're up. Hi. Um, this is my favorite step because I'm love loving my agnosticism. Um, I especially liked Annie when you brought up on page fifty-two. Um, I know this paragraph by heart because it's so important to me. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. Like, I don't really care about the first part. I only care about our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. Um, Because what that told me was that maybe it would work for me after all these years of being forlorn and looking in from the outside and not feeling included and um, not feeling included period, but especially around that issue. And, um, you know, when I finally surrendered, that was only the beginning. I mean, I still had this huge mountain to climb this hump to get over this God thing that was not working for me. And, you know, this, going through this book with my sponsor who um she doesn't sponsor me anymore because she doesn't she only works with people that are going through the steps for the first time um you know and in fact this very meeting put me in a place where i felt comfortable sort of existing with um my own concept, like I finally embraced my agnosticism, I'm out and proud about my agnosticism, and I finally embraced who I was. And, you know, that sort of comfort with myself, it was like it opened up all this other resource, an inner, you know, the like the spiritual experience talked about an untapped inner resource, that acceptance, that not even acceptance. It's like I embraced it, held it close. Who I am, for the first time. And I thought, you know, oh my God, could this actually work for me? I felt like I was, you know, a scientist doing the same experiment over and over and over again. And finally, something happened, and it worked. And um, and it worked really well because when I stopped doing stuff that didn't work, and I started stuff, doing stuff that did work, it worked. Because the stuff that didn't work never worked, ever once. But the stuff that works works all the time. In fact, as people were talking about, it's become just what the book says, it became a working part of my mind. Like I don't have to I don't I'm never surprised by my thinking anymore. And I'm never caught off guard by food or time. Um. I just never get um I never I never I just never get caught off guard and I'm never surprised because I worked my ass off on this program. And with that I'll pass.
0: Thank you so much, Nancy. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares.